envision three female attorneys coming together to have our voices heard. Each of us would have different opinions, different passions, different backgrounds, and different views. Although we are different and unique, we are able to come together to discuss our experiences navigating through the legal profession and this thing called life. Now, the vision has come alive, and we invite you each and every week to listen to us as we talk about what's trending in the news and our legal insights, tackle real-life issues that affect not only us as attorneys, but us as women of color. Disclaimer, this podcast is intended to provide entertainment and general information. The information provided and the views given are not intended to constitute legal advice and should not be relied upon as legal representation. All views expressed on this podcast are our own and do not represent the opinions of any entity whatsoever we are affiliated with now or will be affiliated with in the future. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of um, our No Further Questions podcast. We have an amazing um, guest today and we're discussing some amazing topics in regards to uh, Breonna Taylor, the SCOTUS um, nomination with well, the Supreme Court nomination. And we're paying homage to well to um, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. As everybody knows, she recently passed about a week ago. But before we get started, let's do our introductions. It's your girl, Brandy. T. Hutch. Hey, guys. It's Taria. Hey, it's Sam, guys. And we want to introduce our two favorites of the show as well. You know, we always have a couple of favorite guests that we had to bring back from time to time. So I would like to, um, Mr. Floyd, reintroduce himself to our listeners and our audience. You're on mute. Got it. Good evening, everyone. I'm Henry Floyd Jr. I am the immediate past president of the Washington Bar Association located in Washington, D.C., uh, and I am the Vice President of Finance for the National Bar Association. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, prior before the last one, you was, you know, you was waiting on the nomination and stuff. So now you got elected to the National Vice President of the National Bar Association. Congratulations. Thank Congratulations. you, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. Somebody is important. <laughs> Run them DC streets. That's <laughs> Look, that's my brother Justin. I ain't important over here. <laughs> And Mr. Justin Dandrismith, welcome back to the show. Let everybody know who you are. And I don't want to hear none about Morehouse after this one. <laughs> Hello, viewers. Hello, ladies. Hello, Mr. Floyd, gentlemen. Uh, it's my pleasure to be back on the show. Uh, I'm very appreciative and thankful uh, and very proud of you all for a year already that we've, we've come to and yeah. look forward to more. And I'm thankful for being a part of this. Uh, my name is Justin Dandridge Smith. I'm an attorney in the Houston area. Uh, I was a part of the podcast that spoke on HBCUs. And as Brandy so eloquently stated, I am a Morehouse man. Graduate of Morehouse College as well as Texas Southern University and Thurgood Marshall School of Law. Um, you also forgot to let people know that you're a political science professor. Did you say that? No, 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 no. Uh, I, I have been a, a political science instructor as well at Texas Southern University. Um, We've also discussed that I have a master's in healthcare administration as well. So, you know, I, I've worn a few hats and today I'm just thankful to be useful. You is important too, friend. Yes. Right. Black excellence <laughs> over here and our black men. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and get started and like dive right into the situation, um, into the um, communication and the dialogue. First, we want to start with the legacy of Justice Ginsburg. May she rest in peace. She was very notable into the legal community, into just the um, our history as a whole. And she has had some very good, like wrote some majority opinions. One of her famous um, majority opinion was United States versus Virginia, which dealt with the, um, the I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank, the military academy that was not allowing women into the military. So that case was brought before the Supreme Court and she was able to write the majority. And now due to that, they allow women. But she was very big on equality. She was big on human rights. She was big on the LGBTQ community. So may she rest in peace. And we are hurt in the legal community that she is gone. So if anybody wants to chime in, we actually have an article too that we need to pull up regarding the history 
of Judge Ginsburg. Because she was appointed by, she was appointed to the Supreme Court by Judge, uh, by uh, Bill Clinton, President Clinton in 1993. Right. Um, well, I, I guess, I, I guess I'll go and, and echo uh, your, Brandy sentiments of, you know, of rest in peace, Justice Ginsburg. Uh, uh, yes, we are all feeling the loss um, for a woman who was the first, it was the first of many, uh, you know, she has a, a many first. She was the first in her class at her, you know, her university. Uh, she was the first, you know, in her law school class. And, and for someone who not only fought for uh, human rights uh, and women's rights, she fought for, for gender equality. She not only, uh, you you know, uh, before the Supreme Court on, uh, you know, on behalf of women, she argued on behalf of men when they were being left out, you know, men when we were being left out. So she she was not one-sided. She she, she argued for, for gender equality and that's what her legacy, that's the legacy that she leaves, uh, you know, and, and I, I, I know we'll discuss the nominee coming up, but I, I feel personally uh, some type of way, the fact that her seat is being filled by someone who is going, going to try to literally undo all of her accomplishments and undo everything that she has fought entire, her entire career for, you know, I, I just don't feel like this nominee is the one who needs to take her seat. So I'll, I'll pop it off that way. But rest in peace, Gansberg. Um, and, and I would just like to chime in that we would be remiss to say that she wrote uh, a very um, persuading dissenting opinion mm -hmm. um, in regards to Bush versus Gore. Right. Um, I don't know if a lot of people remember the 2000 presidential election, but um, the Supreme Court sided with Bush in that particular um, case, and she objected to it. Um, and so I think that with that being said, I think that she has done a lot for the American people, you know, um, just for voter suppression and, and voters laws and equality just amongst being able to have your voice heard. Um, as an American citizen. So um, RIP Justice Ginsburg, you will be missed. RIP. Uh, if, I, if I may piggyback, I, I think that, especially us being law school trained, all of us, we look at uh, certain standards of how uh, judges evaluate the constitution, evaluate cases, things of that nature. And what Justice Ginsburg did do was she allowed her experiences uh, and her, her personal knowledge to affect her in the seat in a positive way for people that were underrepresented before her. Uh, so I, I have to give her all the respect for that. Um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, along with Sandra Day O'Connor, I believe those are the only two women at one point before Justice Connor, um, before she retired. And they were like a voice in the wilderness, so to speak, uh, amongst a group of majority uh, white men. And so when we have these cases that come before the court, we have to look at who's going to be able to evaluate these cases and at least see an alternative side. And that is what made her special in her dissenting opinions, because that's a voluntary exercise. And a lot of good lawyers look at, at those dissenting opinions to say, okay, this is what we can do to push towards the future. And Taria? Do you have any words or anything? She's an amazing, she was an amazing woman. I think everybody's already said what they needed to say against our for Justice Ginsburg. Um, the community as a whole is is mourning her loss. Um, I wish we could mourn a little bit longer, but we've done enough. So let's close her casket and send her on her way and get a new person in, in place. So that's what we're doing. Um, one one um, point that I would like to bring up, uh, maybe um, Henry or um, Justin, you can elaborate, is um, expressing to our listeners um, what, how important a Supreme Court justice is. Because I think that we get caught up in the presidential elections, we get caught up in who's going to be the vice president, um, but I can say um, I've been pretty like, okay, like a little bit high strung through this election, but nothing has made me more nervous than this Supreme Court uh, appointment. So um, if either one of you want to elaborate to the listeners about 
the importance of this new of this vacancy. I'll defer to, to my brother Justin. Okay, sure. Okay, no problem. Well, absolutely, it is important, right? For a couple, a number of reasons. Uh, and one of the things I'm going to be personal as I say this. I'm in Texas, y'all. I'm in a red <laughs> state. And there are times where we can feel jaded by that. I'm in a red state. If I vote for president, it doesn't matter. You know, that's something that we can easily just say and be dismissive. Um, there, there's a misconception about that because what about down ballot? Uh, what about those votes, right? Uh, a lot of times the, the interest we have for the top of the ballot, it affects those down ballot elections as well. So that's one thing just to get that out the way. But as it relates to uh, the justice, to the Supreme Court nominees, of that, things of that nature, that gives us uh, some more fire up under us and another reason for whoever we choose uh, to vote for president, whether it's to re-elect Trump or to vote for Biden or, who, or if there was someone else, an independent, Kanye West for a birthday party. Whoever it is, <laughs> I'm, I'm just joking, but whoever it is, that person has um, the specific function of nominating judges for life. Federal judges are for life. Supreme Court especially, but federal judges are for life. And that is one of the major uh, jobs that's in the job description of the president. So when you vote for president, you're also affecting the other branches. And, th and that's why, because that person is responsible for nominating um, the, the justice of Supreme Court, any other federal judges, so on and so forth. Right now, we have an open spot. Uh, there could be a number more in the next four years. We can't predict that. Uh, but these justices have lifetime appointments. And so it's important that when we choose our president, uh, that we look at how they choose uh, to nominate, what do they view as a justice in their mind that is fair and that is someone that can represent the United States well uh, as far as our interest in going forward. Well said. And will one of you, um, the guests, kind of explain, because I think everybody knows, you know, that there is a Supreme Court, but I think sometimes people don't know really what these justices do, right? So they only see them kind of wearing the black robe. So um, why is it such a fear? And why do people have so much concern about who's going to sit in her in, in Justice Ginsburg's place? What what does that power allow them to do? Mr. Uh, Ford, you want to go in? Go ahead. I, 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 okay. Um, first, I'd like to say I, I, I concur with um, with everything my brother Justin, uh, you know, said and how he breaks down. And and one thing um, that that I always focus on when we're doing voter education because it really just comes down to voter education. Uh, people being knowledgeable about what it is that they're voting for. Um, and so I think we, we always have to remind people that you're not just voting for president. Who you put in that spot affects your daily life. And you may not see it on a daily basis, but everybody, everything is connected to that one spot. We have a president because we are in some, some unprecedented times since 2016, we have a president who has literally appointed 200 federal judges to lifetime appointments. And that may not mean a lot to our surrounding communities, but it means everything to us who are knowledgeable about that process. And what that comes down to is those federal judges, Every you may have a, a, a trial, a, a small trial, a large trial, whatever it is, and you may be the defendant in that trial, but guess what? And if it doesn't go your way, we have to, we, we, we have the, the appellate power, the power, the power to appeal. And when that, that appellate case goes up, who do you think it's going to? It's going to a, a, a federal judge, a federal appellate judge. And if all of, all, most of, well, majority of our judges who he has appointed are conservatives because we have seen him politicize, he has literally weaponized and politicized the judiciary. And that is just something that that has never, I'm not gonna say it's never been done, but it hasn't been done to this extent. When you have the Department of Justice who is literally jumped in and, and defending him in a case where he is, where the president is the, is the defendant, then you know we're in some uncertain times. These are unprecedented times. He has weaponized our judicial system. So it, it, we have to give examples like that. I know here in DC, we are not even officially a state yet, yet. And I, I speak it in the power because 
without us being a state, we don't have a governor to appoint those, to appoint our judges. So our judges are literally appointed by the president. And we have had qualified black and brown judges that have been sent to his office, have been sent to the White House, and he has completely ignored their qualifications and has literally appointed younger white conservative men to these lifetime posts who can't even tell you a, 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 a legal definition right. of, of, a, just of a regular, just a legal term. And that to me is, is, is disastrous and people don't understand that. And I don't know if it's just us not doing enough voter education or people just not wanting to hear it, but we have to continue to talk until people get that in their heads that he is affecting your daily life by the appointments that he's making. So, and, and in doing that, you we appoint we we elect the president, and in the last three years since 2016, this man is on his third Supreme Court pick. That is not something that we have ever seen. Justice Scalia passed away. Justice Kennedy retired all of a sudden. And now we have Justice Ginsburg who is gone. And you're talking about stacking a court that's, that's literally going to affect generations to come. Your voting for president should not be this difficult. I it think you not, it's bringing it, just but, bringing it home. I think that we can give some examples. For example, the only reason why we don't sip at white and black water fountains is because the Supreme Court found the Jim Crow laws were unconstitutional, right? The reason why women are able to get abortions is because the Supreme Court made the a decision that it is a woman's choice. Um, but you still stand to lose those rights. Um, for example, if and and this is this is a little bit extreme, but then not that extreme, right? So let's say that one state decides, you know. Jim Crow was kind of cool. We're going to bring it back, you know, um, and then it goes all the way up to the Supreme Court. You may not get the Supreme Court to uphold their own precedent because there are different people on that um, court. So this is why it's so scary putting it into to um, put it in when you think about it from a realistic standpoint is because the Supreme Court determines what is constitutional? Their job is to uphold the constitution and they're the highest court in the land. So there's no, you can't get any higher. So if they say it's constitutional or something is unconstitutional, that's what it is. And you know what, and, and, and I, I totally agree with that. We, we are in a situation nationally and federally where we still have, we have states now and, and our different um, um, you know, our different uh, organizations who are suing quietly and loudly because we have states who are getting, who are pulling people off voter rolls. Like, you know, we have, we, they're, they're going through again through the system of preclearance and, 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 you know, pulling people off voter rolls if they haven't voted in the last two to six years. It's ridiculous at this point. And these are issues that have already been litigated and sent to the Supreme Court. But like you said, these are issues that because we have, uh, we're about to have, uh, we have one and about to continue to have a majority conservative Supreme Court. These are things that we're going to, to continue to experience. And again, they may be different people, but that does not mean the, the, the fight does not change. You know, why are we continuing to fight the same fight? Because we have different people on the court. And again, and I go, we go back to, again, this nominee, just because, you know, we, you want to have, women should have the right to choose what they want to do with their own bodies. But we're afraid that you may not even have that choice anymore because a woman is about to join this majority court and tell you, you and may tell you that you don't have that right to do what you want to do with your body. So let's talk about the nominee. Like, let's go in that segue. So um, Justin, by being a, you are a former political science professor, tell our listeners how the Supreme Court vacancy and process works. Like Trump did his, Trump picked his nominee, Amy, what is his name? Amy, Amy? Coney Barry. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, but a lot of our listeners may not know, you know, what happens next. They were saying, oh, he's, a, you know, she's appointed and they automatically assume that she's automatically going to be on the Supreme Court. But 
Like, how does that process work? Okay, all right. So to, to make a long story short in this limited amount of minutes, because this is some theory coming into reality now. And the reason why I say that is because we have a very short, tight window in between election time and inauguration time. And why am I saying that? Because theoretically, uh, we can have a nominee for judge that was nominated by this president. And theoretically, we can have a new president next year that the Congress could actually appoint the nominee from the previous president. I don't know if y'all remember this, but this was in law school, uh, Marbury v. Madison. Just wanted to, you know, throw that in there. This you took it happened. all the way back. Right. I thought you might would have mentioned 2016 or something. Right. I thought you were gonna say Mitch McConnell. No, right. I like an Obama's boy. He talked. Don't these people don't know about Marbury v. Madison? And, that was law and, and that's why this is so educational, ladies and gentlemen. I ask you listeners and viewers, if you heard anything that I've said, please go have a look at Marbury v. Madison. And I assure you, if you don't understand it, you won't be the only person that doesn't understand it. <laughs> read it a few times. I may read it again. Some things aren't clear. But the reason why I said Marbury v. Madison is for a number of reasons. Marbury v. Madison is where we first learned uh, judicial review, the concept of judicial review. Um, it was based it's off of... What? Judicial review? Yeah. What is it? What is it? Okay. Judicial review is the power of the Supreme Court to actually review cases and determine law as its own independent branch. Now, the Supreme Court was literally designed via the Constitution. It's the only court that was specifically mentioned. Everything else was an inferior court. Supreme Court was specifically mentioned. Uh, under that first judicial review, what we found is, yes, the Supreme Court has the right and authority to review cases and uh, review issues before it. However, here's the caveat. There's this thing called original jurisdiction as well as appellate jurisdiction. Now, if I'm getting too deep, you know, just tell me to slow down. You're getting too deep. <laughs> okay, so, but as it, as it relates to why we're talking about it right now is because there's certain things that we don't know as of September 28, 2020. We, we don't necessarily know when there will be a vote held uh, by the Senate confirming nomination. And the reason why we don't know, know that is because everything is premature at this point. Generally, the Senate would like to review major nominations. A lot of times on the lower level, they get rubber stamped to a certain extent. But because this is more high profile, this is a Supreme Court nominee, the Senate, usually they want their FaceTime. They want to be able to say certain things and get their, their point across for these positions. It's a glamour position. Um, and the Senate cr can create their own rules for how they go about that review process. Meaning, okay, we'll give you this much time. We'll give you this much time. Y'all may remember the Kavanaugh debacle, right? Um, and in, in that, there was a whole uh, there was a whole struggle on how much time was going to be used on reviewing the nominee as well as scrutinizing the nominee. The Republicans leaned towards now. Nah, let's get on. Let's get them on through, for for obvious reasons. All you gotta do is go back and look at some of those news reports. I'm not saying what happened, um, but in that case, the nominee was successful. Got passed through. Um, in the last few years, the Senate has pushed away from that 60 vote majority for confirmation. From my understanding, I may be wrong, but from my understanding as of now, all it takes is a 51 majority vote for confirmation as compared to a 60 vote uh, confirmation. That's a big difference, y'all. That's a very big difference. So those- And you know what? Um does anyone know where we stand in the in Congress right now, as far as um, we 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 stand? Well, where do we stand, or where do they stand? Here it is. The we're looking <laughs> at <laughs> we're, we're we're looking at uh well we were previously looking at a fifty three forty seven you know that's a split. Uh, 
uh, of course, Republicans having the most, not the majority. Um, you know, and and when Justice Ginsburg died, you had the Democratic senators trying to flip um, a couple of the Republican senators because that includes also two independents. Um, and if you were able to flip four, four uh, Senate Republicans, then then we were literally tied and tied. You know, we were able to to get over the majority of have, being able to drag this thing out and not the nominee not being confirmed. Um, but of course, Mitt Romney has went, gone back on his word. Um, um, of course, you have uh, Lisa Murkowski, uh, who has decided that she and, and, and Senator Susan Collins, that's up in Maine and Alaska and that area there, they, for as of right now, they are standing next to their, their decision that, that, that no one should be appointed before the new president takes office. Um, but you Which had, of course- Which was Justice Ginsburg's wish, correct? That is correct. That her was her, her, her dying wish. Right. And and so at, at this point, uh, we're looking at the, the, the Republicans still have the majority uh, because Mitt Romney has has taken his word back and he has decided that he's going to vote with the Republicans. Uh, and even if we get to a 50-50 split, you still have Mike Pence, who was the, the president of the Senate, who cast a tie-breaking vote. So either way it goes, this lady is going to be confirmed. Well, I don't want to make it a foregone conclusion. <laughs> well, well you, you know, you know, like, let, let, let's say this. We, we're going to pray. We're going to continue in prayer. Y'all let me know how the prayers go. I'm going to be over here strategizing. No, you know what? <laughs> but I think, I think, this is my opinion. I think Mitt, he may vote, but I don't know if it's going to be the vote that they want because he has stepped away and made some other decisions against President Trump. So I don't know. And oh no, he definitely has. He definitely has. Uh he is not to not to cut you off. He uh, made a comment. He said he made it but did Oh you can go. Oh no no oh, I was, we couldn't hear you. I, I couldn't hear you. Yeah. We couldn't yeah. hear you, Tari. Oh no, I was saying because um, Mr. Floyd was in the middle of his statement, so I was letting him speak. Oh. No. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, it is at this point again. We we go with I, I and I'll say this uh, behind the scenes. If Mitt Romney decides that he wants to vote, that it should be stalled and it should be after the president, uh, the new president is elected. Then I think it's it, cool. I, 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 you know, I just hate the fact that the Democrats will sit back and rely on that word instead of strategizing, trying to still work against what it is that, that it's an uphill battle. And I think where the Democrats come in, always come in, you know, they always come in second place because you can, you literally, and this is the problem I have with Schumer. Why in the world would you take any Senate Republican at their word? The Republicans are here to win. If that means you calling him a hypocrite on the house floor or the senate floor they don't care as long as they continue to have power lindsey graham told them in 2016 loosely told them told the democrats you are not in power we are in power and we can do what it is that we want to do while we're in power they're oh, well, not you know, going if that's the one democrats, thing i can i can say for the republicans although yeah. Some of them, I mean, not all of them, because you can't paint everyone with the same brush, but them as a party, right? Um, they don't care about lying. They, they don't care lying. about stealing. They, they don't care about cheating. They don't care. They don't care if you caught them in a lie. I no, changed my mind. It's like, no, let me that's tell you that's not the thing. Democrats lie too. Republicans, Democrats, they all lie. That, that's yeah, fine. but the politicians lie. We, we follow our story. When no, Democrats, every, when Democrats lie and we get caught, we fall on our sword. We're like so sorry. Republicans, when they get caught, and so what? Okay, I said that last week. And, and. Well, what I will say, but see, and that's the thing. That's the thing. Me and Brandy actually talked about this earlier today. I what I a serious problem that I have with with Democrats is this: Why are we trying to always walk a moral high road that does not exist in politics? You need to play the game. You need yeah. to fight fire with fire. And every I, I, stop having all of these fundraisers and parties 
and go and strategize because while your while your president is blocking everybody and confusing everybody and pissing everybody off on the Democratic side with these tweets and distracting everybody, the Republicans are steady strategizing. When he got to tweeting, they 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 gave us that raggedy ass tax plan. When he started tweeting, they gave they started the Affordable Care Act. When he started tweeting, they started locking people up and putting that Muslim ban in place. When he when he every time he tweets okay. going on, then has literally this man has literally hijacked the judiciary, the legislative branch, the executive branch, the whole nine, and not Democrats get out. He hijacks it when he starts tweeting because they are in the back room. Karen, I think that they figured it out, but I think the problem is that okay, we're all attorneys, right? And you know yeah. that there are some attorneys. People will have their own opinions about all attorneys, right? They'll say we all are some sort of way. And you know that you have to have a certain temperament to be an attorney. But you know it's a difference from finding a loophole, right? And those attorneys who just flat out just just lie. You know, like, I can report you to the bar. Like, you can lose your license. Well, and let, I, let think that, I think that that's where the Democrats are. It's like, I don't think that they play clean. But I think that they, they are kind of like, okay, we're just going to read, try to find a loophole. And the Republicans are like, we ain't read. Who got time to read the rule book? Change the rules. What's going to happen? There you go. Just Sam, you just what is going to happen to us? Sam, what y'all going to do? Okay, we lied, made up, tricked you. <laughs> so what? <laughs> like, who cares? <laughs> Look, the Senate can write their own rules. That was the whole point. You, you <laughs> went there, you put it down. The people that are in power can create new rules. Right. It's, and it's, that's what it's, they're it's, doing. They're it's like, not about fair or unfair at that you point. You can no longer arrest the president when he's the president. What? <laughs> like, but, but understand that. But also, tie this back to our people we vote for, our senators and our congressmen. These are the people who are sitting on these committees. If they don't represent you, vote these people out and put our people there. Now, when I say our people, that don't mean necessarily vote for them because they're black. Cause let's right. let because let me give you a fact. Daniel Cameron got fifty eight percent of the vote probably in Kentucky because black, and he got a lot of black votes because he was black. Not once did them black folks think that he was gonna go in there and do what he has done. He's black for him to get a majority. Yeah. Some of that black people. Yeah, you see what I'm you saying? Sure? So, yeah. Oh, I know that. You sure yeah. he black? I, know I mean, I've seen a picture of him, but thought it was yeah. a tan. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! No, he not well. He he's black. He's black. Let's not Boy. do that, y'all. Let's not do that. <laughs> yeah. I but what I'm saying, not, no. but what I'm saying is, I I I that to make a point. Don't we're not we shouldn't be putting people in place of voting for people just because they black. And if he's we not, they think he's black. Our, our, for him. Our, say what? What was that? The reason that he's black, but. Even if he's not, they think he's black. So that was enough. Right. Well, and, and, and that's the thing. It's like it goes all the way back to voter education and knowing who it is that yeah. you're putting in power. Because when it comes to it and they need those decisions, they're always going to make those decisions in their best interest. Daniel Cameron came up. You you married Mitch McConnell's niece. You, you clerked for Mitch McConnell. And, and, and come to find out. You were on what? You may have been on been on the list to be one of Trump's uh, Supreme Court nominees. This is all in your interest. This ain't for your community. So uh, Kentucky know what they need to do. I, I, I've heard those rumors. I just don't know which parts are substantiated to you know speak on in public as far as the connection between McConnell and Cameron, so on and so forth. That part I, I I'm not certain of. But what I will say, just to uh, jump in for my own input. The difference is that there's two there there are two major uh, political factions. You got the Republican side and the Democratic side. You know you obviously got political interest groups on either and or, right? There are certain there are certain people, certain lobbyists that speak to both sides that speak to both Republicans and Democrats. My opinion, my humble opinion is that the more left you are, there are multiple 
uh, political interest groups that cannibalize on each other, meaning that there's so much infighting uh, that there's not that fall in line process as compared to the Republican Party. In the Republican Party or on the right wing, let's just say the right wing, because you also have libertarians and so on and so forth. But on the, on the right side of politics, regardless of all the other uh, smaller issues, they generally have one or two issues that everyone agrees on, and we just go from there. On the left, I don't necessarily see that. You see multiple interest groups fighting over the same resources and fighting to be the louder group in the room. That's just my opinion. That's because um, they may not can't stand Trump, but I think Trump got goons and he's not afraid to have you killed. That's hold, my hold, opinion. Because hold that, the way hold that. Justin, come on back. Because I need you some weird bit. Since we're talking about the Kentucky um attorney general and the and what happened with Breonna Taylor, let's go ahead and segue into that. So we saw the news. I mean, you hear you hear the story, you saw the news, the press conference, you know, pretty much this is my opinion, so people can take it however worth the walls for the neighbor's um, house is more important than a black woman. That's that's kind of what I got from it. So, mm -hmm. but let's like, go ahead and talk about it. Henry, you and I had this conversation, so I know you want to go ahead and, you know, give your thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> See, Brandy, that's and, Brandy, I don't want to set me up, but uh, <laughs> okay, well, well let, let's get it. And, 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 and I'll, I'll say this, as, as a civil, civil attorney, um, you know, of course, I handle, uh, I've had tragedies and, and where I've represented the families, um, you know, and, you know, and, and it's always, I never conclude my civil case until after the criminal case. And that's because I, I want a copy of, I'll pull the hell out of a, a criminal file. I want the, I want all of that so I can negotiate my own civil settlement. I was surprised that the settlement actually hit before any criminal criminal charges or the announcement or anything else. Mind you, I was not I just my brain. I'm mostly an optimistic type of person, but I was literally in saying, you know what? They're not going to do anything. These officers, it's too long. Uh, like my brother Justin was saying earlier, Daniel Cameron, you know, was a special prosecutor because I was like, where's the special prosecutor? Well, he was a special, uh, quote unquote, special prosecutor, mm -hmm. you know? And so, you know, anytime he literally told you and showed what he was not going to do when he started making statements of, I'm not going to be swayed or influenced by celebrities and this and that. And the fact that it took him so long they were, they were not investigating this. They were trying to figure out, they were trying to minimize these black folks tan up their city. So they were trying to figure out a way to let them, you know, to release this news after they literally thought they had shushed the family away. So for me, and I told earlier, her life just didn't, life did not matter. The walls for the white neighbors next door mattered. And the fact that that one of those bullets could have hit one of those white neighbors next door matter. The question is, would he have even gotten any of the charges if her neighbor's next door neighbors were black? And that's not something that we need to be, you know, we don't have to, you know, on this podcast or whatever. But that's just one of the things that, that, that went through my brain of someone who has handled the civil part of some of these, I've sat through hearing, 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 and have, have had to get on the microphone and everything in the podium after that. From somebody who has has these has had these experiences, I knew for a fact that this was not going anywhere, and America knew that this was not going anywhere. Just from where they are and the way that he acted, if, if we were allowing Cameron to do anything, then I think we all need to to take a reality check for a minute and say, okay, why is it that we were we were waiting on him to do anything that was right? It just right. wasn't right. gonna happen. Mr. Floyd, the answer uh, to that question that you just asked is no. They probably wouldn't. Have, they probably wouldn't have found a charge when we were in a black neighborhood, right? Because they would have called it a high crime area, and so Correct. they would have justified the action based off of that. Now, I preface Correct. the rest of what I will say by saying I am not barred or licensed in the state of Kentucky. However, uh, I agree with Mr. Floyd as far as generally you want the civil case to kind of fall after the criminal 
because now you have the resources of the state along with your own resources because they've already investigated. Um, for this situation, and I, I want to continue by, first of all, um, may um, Breonna Taylor rest in peace. That, that's just one of those, those that's one of those uh, news stories where everyone feels it that's in our demographic, right? Um, obviously, that's something that's a little bit more personal. In that situation, it happens in Louisville. Uh, no charges happen immediately. A little political traction happens. And so a special prosecutor comes in. Who's the special prosecutor? The special prosecutor for this matter is the attorney general of the state. It just so happens to be a black person. Okay, so now that person is now in charge of leading a prosecution and making a case before a grand jury. There's an old saying that you can indict a ham sandwich. In this case, the ham sandwich didn't get indicted. There was one officer that got indicted uh, for ancillary charges is what I would call that, for ancillary charges. But for the matter of a death, a homicide, no charge, right? And based off the investigations, there's a lot of rumors out there, but based off the investigations, there were no active drug, um, drug violations going on in that apartment. There was no uh, active drug activity in that apartment. Uh, based off the investigations, it was a mistake to even go into that apartment. But one thing that the police officers had on their side that John Q. Public wouldn't have on their side is they had the power of the state and the color of law. So in this situation, while we're all hurting, as a lawyer, I do have to adjust the, the lens a little bit to say certain things. Um, I believe that a prosecutor that wanted to indict those police officers could have indicted those police officers for higher charges. However, there are certain restrictions that may uh, preclude them from uh, later on being prosecuted. However, that should have been that should have happened. Those charges should have been in play. And then if it goes before a jury, if it goes to a court from there and it proceeds to trial, if they're found not guilty, so be it for those higher charges. However, there should have been a charge for that death. That wasn't justified at the time. And let me ask you this. Who hires or selects special prosecutors? That's a political question. It's different in different states and under different circumstances. Uh, usually it's by the executive of the highest level of branch. I want to say the AG probably was placed in by the Kentucky um, governor, but I'm not certain of that. But I would generally think that in that situation. Um, but it's a it's an appointed position, meaning someone has to select that. It's it's a it's an appointed position and a limited position, right. meaning that it's only for the duration of that time for that specific uh, situation. Then they go back to the business as usual. But so, it goes back full circle into making being careful who you vote for, right? Absolutely. Because absolutely. that person could be the person that is investigating your family member or your case if that were to happen to you because i mean honestly rihanna taylor's um situation could be any of us absolutely what i say that's on the other end of the pendulum as far as politics is if you look at ken ken star was a special prosecutor during the time of clinton now ken star is staunchly right wing Republicans, so on and so forth. However, at the time uh, that he was placed in, there was a majority in Congress that were Republican and there was an executive that was Democrat. And it was in the interest of the legislatives, uh, the legislative branch as they did their investigation and they wanted an in independent investigation, they placed Ken Starr in that position. So this happens at every level of government. And uh, the same with Robert Mueller, right? Excuse me? Robert Mueller. Yes, yes, Mueller. I remember Mueller as well. Definitely remember that one as well. So those are just examples, but on the federal level, you have special prosecutors. On the state level, you have special prosecutors. And even on the local end, sometimes there's special prosecutors as well. Um, and a lot of times politics does come into play uh, on the selection of who and why they are placed as special prosecutors. So basically, 
to tie all of this up from the Supreme Court vacancy and how that's done to what happened basically you know just with Breonna Taylor and how that's done the the common goal and denominator is you must vote that's basically what we're trying to tell you you have to vote Justin you mentioned that being in Texas and I wanted to clarify because I don't want people to think that you said by being in Texas your vote doesn't matter because we're right. I clearly said the down vote right and so motivation right, right. Because, we all have to find that motivation somewhere because that's, green state. that's my right. motivation is the down the down ballot, meaning judges, um, meaning board of education, so on and so forth. Those are the places where specifically you come in to vote for president, you come in to vote for governor, then you end up voting for all these other people. Those jobs are just as important, if not more important, to your daily life. All those other names that you may not even recognize. But thank you. And right, and that's why I wanted to go back and make sure we clarify because I know you people have seen it on their timelines on social media. You might hear, you know, at the water cooler when there was a water cooler, but we've been working from home. You know, you just kind of bid, you know, you hear that, oh, my vote doesn't matter. My vote didn't count. I've heard people say, well, I voted for, you know, Hillary Clinton and see what happened. So I just wanted to be known that your vote does count because they wouldn't work so hard to vote to like oppress your voting. They wouldn't be fighting as hard if your vote didn't count. They wouldn't try to get rid of the mail-in ballots. They wouldn't try to um, do this. Anytime, anytime, but anytime you're not able to vote because you have a small fine, uh, just they are trying everything in their power to take away your right to vote. And like Brandy said, if it did not matter, they would not be so hard to get away from you. Anytime Bloomberg comes in and drops how many thousands of dollars so people in Florida with felony convictions and fines can vote. This is serious. This is serious. You yeah, know, and so it, it it goes back to I know it's it's the, the same conversation at the water, at the park, at the at the grocery store, everything else. But it's conversations that we have to have because people are literally people have to get in the mindset of especially now because you got people okay we don't even know what's gonna happen. We we know the ballots. I myself, and I'm not telling people they need to do this. I'm going to stand in that line with my mask and my shield, and I'm going in there and feed my own ballot into that machine that is going to be fed into that machine. Because who's to say they've been finding what voter machines? They done found ballots, bags, and boxes of ballots out in the street and everything else. This administration is not above stealing this election. This is not the first time Republicans have stolen an election. So why is it, I, I, I'm just not understanding why is it that people are not just on board with voting? But again, people will vote against their own interests before they do what they're supposed to do. And I agree. And I wanted to, um, wanted to piggyback too. So in the state of Texas, and Henry, if you have it for your, um, I would say state, but again, DC is not a state. <laughs> That's why they need to vote. So DC can Justin, if you in if if you know Memphis, because I know that's where you're from. Yeah, and if you know uh Tennessee early voting. So what I want to say is for the state of Texas, October 5th is the last day for you to register to vote. As I mentioned before, at my church, um, the Fort Bend Church in Sugarland, every Tuesday they're doing a voter registration drive. So make sure you are registered to vote somewhere by October 5th. The deadlines to begin early voting in the state of Texas is October, I believe October 13th through October 30th. So you can early vote during those times. Also, I'm personally gonna be early voting because I'm not staying in line on November 3rd and election is November 3rd, but mask up, glove up, PPE, get your shield, do whatever you need to do. We are in a pandemic, keep yourself safe, but don't let a pandemic keep you from voicing your right to vote because it is very crucial. It is very important. We cannot stress that well, enough. Two things though that I want people to know is that also if you're registered to vote and you change your address or you've moved counties, for example, my husband, he um, moved counties. And so um, he, for jury duty, he told them, I don't live in that county anymore. Well, when he looked up his voter registration, it said like suspense, which is not suspended. It doesn't mean that it's suspended. It just means that when he goes to the polls, he's going to have to update his information, which is to totally fine. 
So, but the only, the way that you can uh, do that so you don't have any issues at the polls is to look up your voter registration and to make sure your status is okay to vote. Second thing is if you are a felon, that does not mean that you cannot vote. Part of the reason why Barack Obama became the president was because of the black male vote. And I'm not saying that all black males are, are, are felons, but we all know that we have a higher incarceration rate for whatever reason. Um, and so with that, a lot of people just kind of give up because they say that, you know, well, I'm a felon. I can't vote. That's not true. If you are off what we call papers, you're off papers. If you paid all your fines, you paid your debt to society, you paid your restitution, you can vote. So make sure that um, to check to see if you are able to vote. Now, check to make sure because we don't want you voting if you can't vote, right? Uh, because that's a whole nother issue. And but, that's, that's, some, that's some Chicago, Illinois mess right there. No, Look that's, no, no. That's, that's happened recently in Texas as well. If you know that you're not eligible to vote, please don't vote. Please do not vote. If, if you should be eligible, go ahead and vote. But if you oh, had previous... If you had previous convictions and you've gone past your uh, your as far as you gone past uh, uh, your court supervision, you know you you finished everything out. Your probation is over. Once you gone past that, go ahead and check into that. Go ahead and register. And also too, uh, we have you we have in, in in most states these coalitions and organizations who are offer to pay money, you know, people's minimum fines so they can vote. You know, look into that. Also, too, when it comes to your voting deadlines, your voting deadlines, um, of course, by jurisdiction, by state, um, are anywhere from October 13th to October 19th. Look it up. You know, your deadline to register. Go ahead and register. Go ahead and register. And if you want to ask back and request that, uh, but it's never too late to do that. Anytime they can, they can, you know, push the census deadline to, to October 31st. So everybody can be counted. You can do your part and go and make sure that you're able and registered to vote. One thing that I would like, like for people to do though, is, you know, don't just go vote, get involved, go and, and volunteer to be an election judge. If you don't have an issue with putting your mask on or putting your shield on and going to work at home. What we've seen is an increase in our communities, black and brown communities being election judges because they know, those people know the importance of the election. So don't just sit around and wait on somebody else to do the job. Don't walk up in there and think that the white person or whoever else is going to give you the correct information and may send you on your way. Again, we have different organizations who have set up hotlines for early voting and for uh, for election that you can call these 1-800 numbers and get the information that you need and, and, and to report any voter suppression. So we have the information that's out there. It's up to us to go ahead and, and just track that information down and give it out to our communities. But I urge people you don't with actually being in person to, to sign up to be an election judge. That way, you know, we, we put just as much pressure on them to do the right thing. And we'll post, we'll post this website, but please, if you have a felony, go to campaignlegal.org slash restore your vote. They have all the rules for every state um, that tells you, hey, if I have a felony conviction and I want to know what the rules are, um, they will walk you through and help you. So please, please, please. And Brandy, we'll post on our social media, but please check it out. So we're actually coming to the end of the show and this is where we do our rest our case and everybody is familiar with that. Justin, if you have the dates real quick for Tennessee, um, early on, did you have you or did you have a chance to look that up? If not, no worries. I did. No, no worries. Sure. We'll post all the states on the social media. Okay. But I'll, pull, I'll, pull, I'll, pull, I'll repost it. It's October 13th. For Tennessee. Thank you, hear me. Shout out my Memphis people. <laughs> well definitely um we're coming to the end of the show this was a great conversation it is always um an honor to have y'all two on the show i'm glad y'all on here together you have educated our community but y'all are familiar with the show so this part of the show is rest our case so you know this is where you can 
get anything off your chest you want to lay the rest it doesn't necessarily have to be what we talked about today it could be something you know in social media you know pop culture just whatever so um henry i'm gonna start with you i knew she was going to be first i was gonna do that um, <laughs> well I, you know what I, I i'll say this we are uh uh and, and it may be a black on zone, but uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are still dealing with uh, a global pandemic. I need you to be safe. I need you to take precautions. I need you and your family to to do what's necessary in order for us to continue to live. Um, on top of us dealing with a global pandemic, black and brown communities, we are black people. We are dealing with with racial murders and social unrest, and we're dealing with with what other people are not dealing with in this country. Um, so it's okay for you to take time to take care of yourself. Uh, it is okay for you to to let your employees, employers, and your clients know, I'm taking a day for me today. So I'm going to hit this out of office uh, or whatever I need to do or take this weekend and regroup because, again, we're dealing with, we're dealing with and it's not business as usual. So I need Black folks, I need us to take care of ourselves so we can continue to fight the injustices of this. And Justin? Well, first of all, I just want to say, Mr. Floyd, it's my pleasure to be up here with you because uh, what you just said was great. <laughs> all right. Next. Thank you, sir. Thank, Thank you, ladies, once again for inviting me. It's always a pleasure to be amongst you all. Y'all are wonderful. I look forward to many more uh, episodes and more years of success. Happy anniversary. Now, as far as my rest of my case, we're all lawyers up here on this panel. But when we go out to the outside world, we generally face a lot of people who think that they're smarter than us other lawyers, judges, sometimes clients, so on and so forth. Hey, I know a lot of you all like to use Google and think that y'all are lawyers because of that. <laughs> However, the people that are on this panel, we spent years uh, as far as education. And one, day at Google, one day at Google is not gonna make you a lawyer. Hence, free consultations generally don't happen on my end. I apologize for that. But you know, you know how it goes, right? It took a lot for me to get here. Now. <laughs> There is one exception to that. I've seen a picture of Future in the suit, and I just want to say he just might be a good lawyer one day, but he still has to go to law school. I rest my case. No, no, no. no. <laughs> okay. no, no, no. Sam. Oh, oh, wow. Is that what they do y'all in Tennessee? Is that what? <laughs> go ahead. No. <laughs> because if Future, if Future's a lawyer, he gonna spend so much money being his own client, representing himself in and them baby mamas. <laughs> <laughs> look, we look, we all serious up here. This is a serious topic and everything of that nature. Yeah. So I have to throw in a little laugh. No, no, no. Because my rest, my case is a little bit different than what we talked about today. Okay, so it seems that President Trump's taxes have been released. Okay, and in 20, 2017, he paid $750. Now I'm torn because a piece of me is like, well, I paid <laughs> more than that. And he's supposed to be a billionaire. But the other part of me is Trump, President Trump. I don't know what these other people on this panel think, but go ahead and slide me your CPA or your uh, tax ladies information yeah. please because the way your taxes are set up i don't know what you did and i ain't here to ask no questions but as long as you don't go to jail because i think he's going to jail though he, well. he's not going to jail because <laughs> he'll just make the laws and he owns the supreme that court say you're right. he's change it where he's no change it. with tax I, I, I. evasion issues to jail therefore uh president trump i'm sorry for the the mean things I said, <laughs> please DM me your tax lady. Trump again. Please Trump before <laughs> January 2021. Taria, you have a rest my case. Um, I'm gonna bring it back to voting because it's must be October. Uh today the taxes of Trump were released, and everybody that's Republican decided to deflect and talk about Joe Biden's taxes for the last 50 years. Last month, it was BLM, and they deflected and went back to Joe Biden. Next month, it'll be unemployment, and they'll deflect back to Barack. Trump has had four whole years to do something in this country, and the only thing he's been able to do 
do for us is lock us up into at our houses for a whole almost year, um, not show his taxes until the end. And he had his time. And I understand that no one wants old Joe, but if someone gave, had four years to make a difference and instead they ruined everything that we had in place, why give him another four to see if he's gonna do better the second time around? So if I was you guys, I would go ahead and start getting educated as what how I need to vote for this year. And as my friend Justin said, go down the ballot, which just means don't stop a president, see who your senators are, see who your House of Representatives are, who are the judges, who are really the ones on the ground making a vote and making a rulings for you guys. And so those are the people that really make all the changes. And so for this election, let's all get out of there and wear your mask and just vote. And that way, at the end of the night, if we lose, we gave it a good shot. We don't let this man have another four years to run our country even more. He never made it great again. Mm -mm. I like that. I felt we, that. We one toe in the plantation. I'll just say this. He, he gave y'all twelve dollars for six months in that stimulus package. I don't know who living off of that. So if you need another reason to know why you need to vote against this man, he ain't, he paid seven hundred and fifty dollars. And you know, but, but Henry, forget that. Can we talk about the fact that he gave he he said it was gonna be a second stimulus package? He promised. He promised. Right. Ain't nobody got no second <laughs> stimulus package. So I say that to say he's making these promises, guys, just so you'll vote for him. They're not real. Correct. They're not and what real. did we say earlier? Anybody that is gonna sit here and take the word of a Republican about what it is that they gonna do to benefit you, you might need it. Now, if they do it, you don't lose nothing. But don't sit here and wait on them to do it. Right. Hey. Don't take that cheating man back. That's all. <laughs> don't take Hold up. You gotta forgive people. <laughs> no. If he lied the first time, he's what? not gonna change. Are we talking about politics still? <laughs> you know what? And, and understand something. Again, Brandon, we talked about this earlier. If this man and this administration has done so much that we actually forgot about all of the BS that he did in the beginning of his administration. Right. right. I and saw when somebody said he paid more. Like we, I'm like, Someone said he's paid more right. for sex than he's paid for more years. <laughs> right. Why are we paying for four more years? If this man get elected again, he gonna tell us to go straight to hell. Oh wait, no, that's no, all no, I, that, no, that was y'all. I'm never gonna get the CPA number that way. Trump, I don't know what they're talking about. Well, anyway, my rest, my case is make sure you subscribe and follow to all of our um, social media platforms and like and listen to us because between now and election, we do plan on having more election shows in regards to you know get to educate you to um, let you know what's going on, keep you abreast. And we are very, we all say the same thing. We want you to vote. This is a, um, we are in precedent. We are in unprecedented times. We need a change because these old people need to go. We need some, we need some people that's gonna fight. We need some people that's gonna hold it down. Look, they might need to come. We need some people that got their own goons, like Trump goons. Like it's, it's time, it's, it's, no, it's no longer time to be nice. Thanks is over. It's time to fight. It's we at war, and we need to try to win the war and the battle. So I'm here for it. So vote, vote, vote. Follow us at No Further Questions on Facebook. Follow us at NFQ Pod on Twitter, and No Further Q on Instagram. And I think maybe our next episode we may go live, but we're gonna start reaching out, getting people to um, send us questions. So we can address your questions, what you have on like voter pressure. Like again, I said our next couple of episodes in the month of October, we will be coming to you discussing about elections and the importance of voting and voter oppression. So stay tuned, keep following, keep watching, keep subscribing, tell your friends, bring a friend. Like I said, my church, Fort Bend, a register every Tuesday. They have voter registration. Go out there and let's let's make a change. Let's make it happen. So thank y'all again for being a guest on the show. This was a great, like, it's always great to have y'all on here. Always. I learned so much. I did. I did we had great guests. So y'all can follow me at brand underscore Janelle on Instagram. Sam, are we following you today? 
yeah, you going to follow me to Trump House so I can find out who his CPA is. Uh, who is doing your taxes? <laughs> <laughs> information you to everybody. Yes. <laughs> See, Hutch, <laughs> if I know they can follow you, y'all have a mess. Um, you can follow me on Instagram. I don't want your information for your tax lady, Trump, because I'm not going to jail, okay? Um, and I don't want to see that. Trump, Please. He's going. They got they got his handcuffs right. He's going to be at the same place Martha Stewart's at. But we can oh, no, Lord, Lord. Lord. We can be where Lord 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 She throws in her, hers yet? Yeah. She got... She did. Lori Lofton chose yoga and origami, origami and Pilates. I think that's what she chose. Talking about that place you can get Uber Eats at. Uber Eats in prison. Justin, where can they follow you? She only got to go to prison like nine to five. Uber Eats. They get Uber Eats there. You can follow me on IG at Dandridge Smith Law. Uh, additionally, you can uh, email me dandridgesmithlaw at gmail.com um, and my office uh, 713-621-5522 uh, if you need a lawyer in the Texas area. Cool, B. And look, you are a date. He's single <laughs> Take you out for ice cream or coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Henry, where can they Don't miss it out on your blessing, Justin, while you falling out of the chair. Oh so I'm matching everybody, Justin. Don't feel Right. Uh, they can follow on IG at uh, the underscore H Floyd underscore ESQ. Uh, of course, Facebook and my name, Henry Floyd. Uh, and what else, Brand? I want to say that might be, that may be it. Don't call me. Like, let me tell you something. If you're crazy, don't call me. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I do civil litigation, I do medical malpractice. Uh, workers comp and uh, personal injury so uh you've been in a accident yeah don't give me a call 202-822-1895 and you're in the those deep- are the crazy ones right no only call if the doctor made you crazy <laughs> or the accident right <laughs> no well, thank y'all again <laughs> <laughs> he's like no so basically, Henry, because you're in the uh, D.C., Maryland, and Virginia area, so the D.C. metro area, so that's where you practice the light, to clarify that. So don't be trying to, if you in Texas, don't be trying that to call. Right. If you're in Texas, you can call me. I was like, call. <laughs> if you're in the D.C. metro metro area, you definitely call Henry. Well, all right. Thank you. It's yes. been a great show, and we are out. We'll catch y'all next time. Thank you. Good night, ladies. <laughs>